You guys made it this morning. Any frozen bursting pipes? Everybody okay? Miss Minnie in the back. The, the, the broken pipe? Frozen pipe. Okay. Well, let's pray right now that it doesn't burst when it thaws. Amen. In Jesus' name. I actually I came home from church uh, one day. I was on Orcas Island. I came home and a pipe had frozen and burst. Water was coming out the front door of my home. And I was very not excited, <laughs> discouraged, seeking the Lord. That's a lot of money to fix pipes and houses and water and floors. And there's a scripture, and I think it's in Isaiah. We've been through fire, we've been through flood. Yeah. But the Lord, is, the Lord has brought us out to a place of abundance or rich fulfillment. And because of the insurance claim, I was able to remodel my home. Praise the Lord. So God is working all things together for good to those that love him and are called according to his purpose. All right. Well, last week, Pastor Doug, who is with some friends, some pastors, uh, spending some time together this week, he has invited me to share the word. And last week, he started a series called All Things New. So this is All Things New, Part 2, Total Life Transformation. Yeah. Now, um, just to kind of build off of what Pastor Doug shared last week, he shared this verse, and we're in 2024, it's a new year, this is a great kind of new year verse, I've shared this verse before. But when he shared it last week, it just, it hit me a little differently. And it's in Isaiah 43, and it says, Behold... I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. How many of you believe that God wants to do something new and profound in your life this year? Come on. I believe it, it just it hit me fresh. It hit me different. Faith comes by hearing a word from God. And I believe that's a word for us. So we, we do believe that prophetically. In this house, that God wants to do something new in our lives, new in our families, new in our health, new in our church, and new in our finances. Can we agree to that? Yeah. I like it. All right. Well, this morning, um, talking about total life transformation, I'd like to open with a text in First Thessalonians five twenty three. It says, "Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify." Or set you apart completely. He wants to sanctify us completely. Now watch. There's three parts here. And may your whole spirit and soul and body. Some, this could be called uh, the, uh, a trichotomy. A man is a spirit. He has a soul. He lives in a body. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In your notes, our spirit is made new. Our soul, which is our mind and will and emotions, we're going to learn, needs to be renewed. And then what, what part is our body? Touch your body. This is your body. What about our body? Well, our body needs to be subdued, right? I like something the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9. But I, I discipline my body, and I bring it, what, my body, into subjection. We don't want to be body-ruled people, letting our body do whatever it wants to do. We don't want to break dance up here like this. <laughs> I'm busting some moves up here. All right, in Hebrews chapter, now we're going to look at the spirit, the soul, and the body. Hebrews chapter 4 says this. For the word of God is living and powerful. Did you know that the word of God is alive this morning? Yes. 
Okay? It's powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. We love the Word of God. We love to speak the Word of God. When Jesus was tried in the wilderness by Satan, he didn't break out a literal sword. He broke out the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, this is what the Word of God will do. It will pierce even to the division, watch, two things, of soul and spirit. There is a difference, isn't there? Or why would the Word of God divide between the two? Piercing even to the division of soul, spirit, and of joints and marrow. Now, joints and marrow are very closely related, aren't they? Our spirit and our soul are closely related, aren't they? And the Word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, how are we going to parse this out? Well, we're going to use the Word of God, which is going to help us to divide these differences. We want to be preserved blameless, three parts, spirit, soul, and body. Number one, let's, let's look at the spirit of man. This is also called the new birth. In John chapter 3, verse 1 through 7, it says, There was a man of the Pharisees. His name was Nicodemus. We might even call him Nick. Nick rolled up, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these uh, signs that you do unless God was with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. How many of you would like to see the kingdom of God? Well, Jesus is talking. He said, Assuredly, this is true. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. But Nick answering said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? How many of you are old? I guess, I don't know. I mean, he got to be alive. I'm old, I guess. I think it, it's pertaining to everybody in this room. Except for the little baby, baby in the back. How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time in his mother's womb and be born? That doesn't sound right, does it? Dare I ask the question, do you want to go back in your mother's womb a second time and be born? I'm, I'm bigger than my mama. I'm bigger than my mom. It's not going to happen. Now, to be fair to Nick, this is a fresh concept for him. He has no context, no concept of a, a new birth. But I think maybe it's an honest question. Can, you're telling me I have to be born again. Maybe he's all in. I'm in on this. How can this be done? How can, how can a man be born? Can he enter a second time and his mother's womb be born? He goes, Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Watch, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Now, according to the flesh, we've all been born according to the flesh. I'm Cameron Christopher Love, born, almost forgot, August 12, 1977. My dad, Thomas Alan Love. My mom, Christine Diane Harper. That's why I'm according to the flesh. But we're not talking about a physical rebirth, are we? You must be born again. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. You need a spiritual rebirth. This is what the Bible calls, if, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, watch, he is a brand new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now, if we go back to the old school King James Version, this verse says, if anyone's in Christ, he's a brand new creature. Seeing as you probably don't want to be called a creature, unlike the new King James Version, you'll be a brand new creation. Is this physically or spiritually? 
This, yeah, that was just born of the flesh is flesh, old Nick. But we're talking about a spiritual rebirth. You must be born again. It's a good word. Here's a thought. When you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, you're born again spiritually. The Bible calls you a new creation and you come into the family of God and God is your father. Now, what are some of the effects of being born again? Um, you might receive some, some new or fresh lightness in your heart. Um, in him is life and that life and Jesus was life, and that life is the light of men. Proverbs 20, 27 says, The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord. There's a, a lamp that comes on in your heart, searching all the inner depths of his heart. Um, some other effects of being born again. Depression can flee from you. Man, I, I, I carried that black cloud around for years, man. I mean, it, it was at the point I, I was despairing of life. Maybe you come into the family of God and let God bring life and light into you. Um, cravings can be gone for drinking and smoking when you're a new creation. Um, I took up, I started, you know, my first puff when I was in middle school. Then my freshman year, me and my buddies, we, we were on an intramural basketball team before uh, school. And after school, we'd head down to the park. And we'd have smokes. And I, maybe I got up to a pack a week my senior year in high school. And by the time I was in college, it was probably a pack a day. Freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, senior year, fifth year senior. <laughs> I got lost there because it was more than the four-year plan. <laughs> Drinking quite a bit, too. I still have the scars on my hands. And I remember I, I, I got so, so drunk one night, I passed out on a heater. And I still have a, a big scar on my, not huge, I mean, but it's, it's there just from drinking. Well, that desire flees away. You give your life to Jesus. These are things that can happen in the new birth. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Um, maybe a sharpened intellect. I know I wasn't the most astute academically. I did, I did okay. Um, but in college, I gave my life to Jesus, and I don't think I never got less than an A minus. Maybe that has to do because I quit drinking, too. I mean, that, there is some of that, right? Okay. I went to, I went to class. I went to class. I read this quote this week by Evangelist D.L. Moody. You may have heard of the Bi uh, Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. And uh, he said this about his experience of being born again or new creation. He said, I was in a new world. The next morning, the sun shone brighter and the birds sang sweeter. The old elms waved their branches for joy and all nature was at peace. And for me, it just spoke of something I experienced in my life. Things were just a little sweeter, or maybe a lot sweeter, a little better. Almost like a guy had been watching black and white television his whole life in the world in color, man. It just, things came alive. What are some of the benefits of being born again, being a new creation in God? Romans 5, 5 says, the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The love of God will be Shed abroad, King James Version, or poured out, New King James Version. The Holy Spirit comes to pour out the love of God in your heart. Maybe you've been a little stiff, a little wonky, a little cranky. Some other words I don't know if they're okay to say or not. I don't think they're bad, but I'm not sure I'm going to err on the side of caution. You're just a little sweeter when the love of God comes into you. The Holy Spirit also brings in you the confidence that you are a child of God. 
Isn't it wonderful when you invite Jesus into your heart that the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God? I don't think we need to live life going, man, I, I hope I make it. I, I hope I'm a child of God. I, I hope he forgave me. You know, I think we invite Jesus into our heart, and according to I take him at his word, the Holy Spirit says, you're a child of God. We know about 1 John. We know we have passed from death to life because we love the We can know these things. Why? The Holy Spirit in us. Now, Jesus did say you must be born again, so I would be remiss to say you must be born again but not help you with that if you've not been born again. I was with my youth group this week, and uh, we were talking football. We were talking, Luke, Remember the Titans. And there was a, a has anybody ever seen the movie Remember the Titans? Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. There was a quarterback in there. He had long hair down to his back, and his name was Sunshine. Yes. So I had Sunshine. Whoa, my water moved. Man. I faked myself out. I hate it when I do that. So I named myself at youth group. I said, I'm Johnny Sunshine. I took on the name of the quarterback. I said, boys, if I'm Johnny Sunshine and I come in off the street and say, I hear about you guys are talking about Jesus and you said I must be born again, what do I do? Help me. Help me. I, I need help. I need Jesus. And some of them said, oh, you just believe. Okay, what, what help me? Now, what do I, what I believe? And they're kind of looking around at me, kind of, well, what, how, how do we help? This? How do we help this Johnny Sunshine? Finally, one kid said, I think I'll just throw a Bible at you and just say, read it. That was the best they could do for me. Throw a Bible at my face. Now, to be fair, somebody did leave a New, a New King James Version Bible on my doorstep in college. I hunkered down in my room for a week, read the whole thing, and gave my life to Jesus. So, I mean, maybe he's on to something. But I do want to help you. This is for all of us because not all of us know. I, I bet there, if I said, hey, could you lead someone to the Lord? I bet there'd be more than a few hands saying, I, I don't know that I could. But I want to help you with that. Because Jesus said, you must be born again. And surely that's why we're here, to help people with that. Romans 10, 9 through 10. If you don't ever know anything else about leading someone to the Lord, you remember these two verses, you'll be on your way. You just make a note in your phone like, what was that verse? There's the verse. Watch this. It's, it's very simple. This is very simple. Algebra is harder than this. Maybe it's the hardest thing you've ever done to you, though. If you take it seriously, I'm giving it all to Jesus. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you believe, how do you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus? Jesus. Jesus. If you're, de if you're desperate, Jesus. And if you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, which he has, that's why we have the cross cross, you will be saved. Isn't it that simple? For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made to salvation. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. We will take an opportunity for that at the end of service today, because Jesus said, you must be born again, but we're not going to leave you hanging. We're not leaving Johnny Sunshine hanging. We're going to help out Johnny Sunshine. Spirit, your new creation. Well, then we have the soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. Remember, the word of God is living, powerful, piercing even to the division of soul, spirit, joints, and marrow. We'll talk about the soul. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, And do not be, this is the Apostle Paul, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may, you know, your spirit can be, is born again in an instant. Oh, but our mind. Oh, but our will. Oh, but our emotions. 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, in Bible study, there are a few things that we can do when reading a passage. We look at the passage, we can ask three questions. Who's writing? Who are they writing to? And what are they writing about? Who's writing in the, to the, in the, in the book of Romans? The Apostle Paul. Who's he writing to? Now, if you, we're not going to go into Romans 1, but I've done it for us. He starts his letter by calling them the beloved of God, called to be saints. He's writing to believers. And, he's, and what is he writing about? He's writing to those that have, are, are born again. He's writing to new creations, but to the new creation, the one that is born again, the one that has the love of God shed abroad in their heart, the one that the Holy Spirit is saying, you're a child of God. To them, he says, which is to us, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Now, in your notes, the word conform means to be conformed to a pattern or a mold. Now, when I, I looked that up and I read that, and I, I've known this, I recently have made a mold. Can anybody tell what this is? It is kind of a plate bowl. What do you call a bowl plate? A bait? I'm, 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 I'm off script. I'm freeforming right here. I'm going to get myself in trouble. I don't know what that is. Somebody thought I was bringing in a bowl of food. But this, I took this clay yesterday in my studio. It was about 17, it was cold, 19 degrees. And I took this clay and I pressed it into this mold. And I think we probably all know what a mold is, but if we've never seen a mold, this is a mold. And I took clay and I pressed it into this plate or bowl or whatever you want to call it. And I press it into the mold. Well, Paul said, don't be conformed to this world. Don't be put into the same, don't be patterned or molded after the world. How many of you know that the world has a mold that it would press you into that? Say, you're going to look like this. You're going to talk like this. You're going to sound like this. You're going to act like this. You know, I thought about don't be conformed to the world. I thought, what are some of the world ideas this might shock you, but one of the commandments in the Satanic Bible is, do what you will. And you're like, wait, what? What did Jesus say? Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Guys, we're not going to be conformed to the pattern of the world, but we're going to be transformed. How are we, how are we going to be transformed? By the renewing of our mind. Transformed in your notes means to be changed or transfigured. How many of you ever heard of the Brady Bunch? How many of you haven't heard of the Brady Bunch? Oh, maybe. Okay, everybody has. There's a story. Okay, and the three boys are, the oldest is Greg. The first service helped me out. Peter. And then we have Bobby. And I think recently on Netflix or Prime, they recently had some new Brady Bunch episodes come up. And so, or not new ones, reruns. And I thought, man, I remember when I was a kid, there was a Brady Bunch tarantula episode. And I wanted to go back and view it. And so it was a little sketchy, but I didn't realize that in the episode, one of the boys had found a little tiki doll. And, the, and I don't know, they must have drilled a hole in it or something because not too long later, I, I kind of was a little in and out. It didn't fully... Uh, you know, captivate my attention. But, but Greg took this tiki doll and he had a necklace and he put it around his neck and he went surfing. And everybody that had the tiki doll, 
bad things happen. Greg fell on the surfboard, and Greg bounced his head off a coral reef. And then, and then the, the tiki doll was in a little handbag that was in Bobby's room, and Bobby was asleep. And sure enough, a tarantula comes out of the bed and freaks Bobby out. And, and I thought, that's kind of funny, because I lived in Hawaii. There's, there's no tarantulas. There's no tarantulas in Hawaii. No snakes, even. And as I thought about this tiki doll, I remember... I had some family that, that went to Hawaii when I was a kid, and they brought me back a tiki doll. And I, and I kind of like ascribed or assigned to this tiki doll as a kid, like some special powers. Like it did some, like it had some, it was a magical possession, and I, it was black and it was shiny. Made out of tiki wood? Is there such a thing as a tiki wood? No, no, maybe. Okay, no, we don't know. We don't know. Maybe not. Anyways, I, I carried, and I carried that thing around in my pocket as like a charm or like a relic. And I remember, now again, I didn't know Jesus. And I, as I got older, in college now, in college, to, to warn you, I was a new age dude, man. I was reading all the Buddhism and all the stuff, and I had hair down on my back, and I had a little scraggly goatee that wasn't real thick. It was kind of nasty. And I didn't have a tiki doll, but then in college, I, I used to carry around like little like relics, and I carried around bones in my pocket. Yeah, I know. I just, I, I know. Caleb's looking at me like, what, dude? I just, I tried, I tried to give you guys a heads up. Like, I was kind of weird, man. I was, I was meditating, and, and uh, I was going to the fish concerts. I was a deadhead, grateful dead guy. And then I, I was a, a, a rock and roll guitar player, and I loved Carlos Santana. And Carlos Santana, I read a roll. I had a, my, my roommate had a subscription to the Rolling Stones magazine. I read in the Rolling Stones that Carlos Santana was channeling or talking to this angelic being named Megatron. So guess what? I tried to reach out and talk to Megatron. Dudes, I was weird. <laughs> but you give your life to Jesus, what happens you're a new creation of God. Now read Philippians 4, 8. And finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, whatever things are virtuous or praiseworthy, think on these things. Hey, you give your life to Jesus, you become a new creation in God, and then you begin to put away... Are chicken bones in the pocket, true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report? What about having a little personal one-on-one -on -one session with Megatron? We're not into Megatron, right? Matter of fact, if I came to you and said, I've been talking to Megatron, you might look at me and say, bro, that's not the Cameron I know. I don't, like, I'll empty my pockets right here. There's no, there's no chicken bones. We're not conformed to the world. And its ideas. We're transformed now as new creations by the renewing of our mind. James 1.21 says, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. I'm talking about the soul. Now, it's interesting. You might think that, well, James is surely talking to unbelievers, but... We are, who's writing? Who's he writing to? What's he writing? James is talking to believers. He starts his letter by talking. He's writing to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. He calls them my brethren. He's talking to believers. But to the believer, he says, receive with, receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. The word save is the Greek word sozo, and it means to save, to heal, 
and make whole. I wonder if some of us are just, I'm asking Jesus into my heart, and that's like the silver bullet. Well, hey, that's the main thing, being a new creation in God. But as believers in Christ, now we're going to continue the process, and we're going to continue to receive the word, which is going to save, heal, and is going to make whole our mind, our will, and our emotions. There might be a step that we have missed there saying, you know what? I need now to receive the word, and that is going to transform me so I'm not being conformed to this world. Amen. And finally, last, we have our spirit, our soul. We have our body. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. How many of you have an outward man? What's the outward man? It's the body. Is it perishing? I suppose it is. Yet the inward man is, re- man is being renewed day by day. Do you guys ever feel younger inwardly than you do outwardly? Or is it just me? Yeah, we feel like that, right? But the outward man is perishing, right? Okay. When I was a kid, my dad would say this. I don't know if this will encourage you or not, but he said, Cameron, the day you were born, you started to die. Well, thanks, Dad. Okay. <laughs> okay. But it begs the question, is there no spiritual provision for our bodies? I was speaking with Pastor Lois this past week about it, and I was thinking about this verse, and she had shared it with her college and beyond group. And it's Isaiah 40, verse 31. It says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and they not faint. You can receive strength and vitality for your physical body as well. What is happening in worship today as we wait on the Lord? We're renewing our strength. What is happening in your personal devotional time? Renewing your strength. When I was at home this morning, I have a chair in my room. I was just sitting in my chair, arms wide open. What? Renewing my strength. What happens in group prayer? Renewing your strength. What happens when you're worshiping on your car on the way to work? You're renewing your strength. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Now, here's a question. Is Isaiah in the Old Testament or New Testament? It's in the Old Testament. So something I like to do, I I love this thought in the Old Testament. I do like to, uh, kind of a a, a Bible study technique, is I apply a cross filter, and I I like to, to hold up the cross and say, okay, so in the Old Testament, we could wait on the Lord, renew their strength. But can I take this thought, can I pass it through the cross into the New Testament and see if there's any New Testament truth about this? Well, surely there is. Romans chapter 8, verse 11 says, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, who dwells in you, remember the Holy Spirit dwells in you, what's he doing? Shedding the love of God abroad in your heart, confirming to you that you're a child of God. He lives in you. If he dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also watch, give life to your mortal Body. What a, a mortal body means your, your body that is doomed to death. But the Holy Spirit is giving life to your physical body by His Holy Spirit who dwells in you. In your notes, life means to cause to live, to make alive, to give life, to arouse and invigorate, to restore to life. I think you just look better with Jesus in you. I think it's giving life to you. And I also would like to add... I. I that healing is also available to us. Some of you have been waiting on the Lord, but I understand that there's, there's cancers and there's sickness and there's disease. 
In Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 through 17, it says, When evening had come, they brought to him, that is Jesus, many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word. There's, a deliverance, there's deliverance for you as well. And he healed all who were sick. How many is all? It's, all, it's more than a few, right? It's a lot more than a few. If that's what the Bible says, he healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Jesus himself took our, I love this, he took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. 10, 11, 12 years ago, 12 years ago, my wife and I were living in Arizona, and it was in the bathroom, and in the bathroom, my wife had a little uh, glass candle holder set up, and I think I washing my hands or I bumped it with my elbow and this big, big glass candle holder fell on the ground and it broke and I was looking for the broken pieces and I found one little piece of the glass, like maybe a third of it or a quarter of it and I couldn't find the rest of the glass. Weeks passed, months passed. My two-year-old son, Cyrus, he comes out and he found the big, jagged, nasty, gnarly cutter chunk of glass and I'm, I'm kind of spooked, like I'm looking for blood. Did he cut himself? Is his finger still there? And he looks and he, he holds it up and he's kind of confused about what he found and he goes, ice? He, didn't, he thought maybe it was a chunk of ice. No, that's glass. And what, my first, what did I do? I took it from him. Give that to me. I'm taking that. Jesus himself took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. When did he do that? Up on the cross. 1 Peter 2.24, himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins should live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. This is a more contemporary version, New Life version says it like this. He carried our sins in his own body when he died on a cross. This is our cross. In doing this, we may be dead to sin and alive to all that is good and right. His wounds have healed you. This is why we don't pull back. We love to pray for the sick. We love to anoint with oil. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of, save, the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. That is our faith. Amen. That you may be preserved blameless. Spirit, you're a new creation in God. Soul, don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind and body. Wait on the Lord and receive fresh strength. And if you're sick, we're going to pray. We're going to believe for healing. Amen. Let me just read this final thought. God wants to transform our lives. When we ask him to forgive us our sins and invite him into our lives, we're born again and we become new creations in Christ Jesus. We're continually transformed by renewing our minds with the word of God. As we wait on the Lord, our bodies receive fresh strength and vigor. And we come to the Lord for healing if we are sick. This is total life transformation. You may stand this morning. Now, I did say to you that I would give you an opportunity to ask Jesus in your heart. With everybody standing and every head bowed and all your eyes closed, is there anybody in here who says, I want to be a new creation in God. I want to be born again. I want to give my life to Jesus and I want to be transformed. If that's you, you've never made that commitment, 
I would ask that you would be so bold this morning and raise your hand. And we're going to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you, but we're all going to pray together, those of you online as well. I'd like you to raise your hand as I scan the room. Do it one more time, please. I saw a couple hands go up and go down. One, two, three, four. Anybody else? Anybody else? All right, we're all going to pray together. Say, Father, thank you for loving me so much that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die in my place. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Be my boss, my savior, my friend, my king. Forgive me of all my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness and lead me by the way I should go all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you give those few a, hand, a great hand clap? I would like to invite our prayer team to come forward this morning. And if you have a prayer request or a prayer need, come on up and these, we're gonna pray for you. Maybe you're sick or infirm or you wanna pray, you want someone to agree with you in prayer, I would invite you forward this morning as well. We're gonna worship for a few.